have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? Um, it looked great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Hello out there, we're on the air. It's the Vipercast tonight. This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, episode 136, part four of four. We've talked quarterbacks, we've talked tight ends, we've talked running backs. Now it's time to dive into the wide receiver position and how it pertains to the current consensus ADP going out there right now. But before we dive in, let's give a little shout out to our friends over at the Fantasy Points Media Group who proudly present this show each and every week. And if you go over to fantasypoints.com, you use that promo code VIPERS22, tell them the VIPERS sent you, you get 10% off that subscription today. And you're going to want to tap that because Graham Barfield's best, full, best ball tiers, they just dropped all positions there. So if you're into best ball, get over there. The franchise focus series, that starts dropping here on the 24th. That's 32 articles in 32 days with 32 podcasts in there. And you get all kinds of content, key off-season moves. Graham Barfield's pace and tendencies, Scott Barrett's strengths of schedules. You get data points there. You get projected fantasy contributors from Joe Dolan and Jake Tribby. Dynasty by lows, courtesy of Wes Huber. John Hansen's final points and interviews with some team beat writers all in that one place. Hey, we're no slouches here either over at the Vipers. You head over to the DynastyVipers.com. We've got all kinds of content coming at you. I'm in the middle of my 32 teams and basically 32 days myself talking about training camps here, heading up to July 27th training camp, an article a day basically dropping here. We got all kinds of articles from our other writers as well, plus all kinds of content here on the Vipers Network. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit that button down there. Make sure you hit that thumbs up. Whatever it takes, get those notifications on because we are coming at you with all kinds of content. But now, let's dive in to the wide receiver position here and let's talk about where the consensus currently has some of these wide receivers. Cooper Cup, he's holding down number one. And you can make an argument for any one of three wide receivers here. In Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, who round out the top three. Devontae Adams at four. Then it gets a little bit interesting here. Stefan Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, Mike Evans. Those guys come in at number uh, five, six, seven, and eight. Then you got Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddle, Deontay Johnson. That rounds out the top 15. From 16 to 20, you've got Mike Williams, DJ Moore, Marquise Brown, Terry McLaren, and DK Metcalf. And from 21 to 25, give me Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Monroe St. Brown, Jerry Judy. Yeah, let's give you a few more just for fun here. Chris Godwin, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, Amari Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster. That rounds out your top 30 currently on the consensus ADP. Now, Major, when you look at this number right now, you look at these names we kind of mentioned here, you look at where they're ranked, which is the one wide receiver, in your opinion, that is too high according to their current ADP? I'm going to go with T. Higgins, not because of anything that he's doing wrong. It's just you have the goat in, of receivers right now. You have like the next Jerry Rice up in here. So you have to 
give him all the targets. So I think T. Higgins is going to not fade, but he's not going to he's not the man there. And you you have him above players like AJ um AJ Brown. Well, I just lost the list. The AJ Brown, uh Keenan Allen, Pittman, DJ Moore, somebody's like McLaurin. You have these people who are like the guy on their team and you have him ranked above those guys. So that's the only reason I'm curbing him just a little bit, but he's uh, the talent is there. It's not his fault. It's just that Chase is just one of these once in a lifetime type of players you get every you know once every ten years. So, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all yeah. I'm gonna go with that one. Who you got, Matt? Well, well the Bengals are interesting there with T Higgins because right now they've got two wide receivers in the top ten in ADP, and normally I would kind of shake my head. And I'd forget all about that, and then you try and. You can talk yourself in, you can talk yourself out because last season we talked about Joe Burrow being sacked 51 times. The only way you're getting sacked is if you're dropping back to pass, right? He's not going to get sacked 51 times this year. So there could be a few more passes getting thrown out there. We know how efficient this offense is going to be. We know this offensive line is going to do what it does. It's rebuilt. We know Joe Mixon's going to get factored in there. Is there too many mouths to feed or is there going to be a way for Joe Burrow to spread the ball around this year again? So Tyler Boyd, yeah, let's not forget about Tyler Boyd. Hayden Hurst there at tight end. I mean, right. he's a guy that we don't talk about nearly enough at the tight end position. So, yeah, I think Higgins, I can't see him being a top 12, but I think he's a top 15 caliber uh, wide receiver as far as fantasy is concerned. Now, for that. me, I'm going to slide my attention over to A.J. Brown in Philadelphia. I just I can't get behind him there where he's going at there. He's going as the wide receiver 12. I think I'd rather have T. Higgins over A.J. Brown. I think I'd rather have Michael Pittman, Waddle, Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown, DJ Moore. I mean, there's so many wide receivers I can think of that I want over him. Heck, I think I'd rather have – I'll say it right now. I think Brandon Cooks is going to have a better season than A.J. Brown. I wouldn't be surprised in the least by that. You're looking at a guy in Brandon Cooks who I think is going to get 150 targets. I don't think A.J. Brown is going to get that. With Devontae Smith there, with how the Eagles want to run the ball, basically A.J. Brown went from the Tennessee Titans to the Tennessee Titans Northeast. I mean, that's where he's going. He's going to the same exact situation there. Now, I think they can be efficient with those touches, much like they were in Tennessee, but I just don't think he's going to be that guy. So for me, he's that guy. I got a little bit lower. I think he's too high rated currently when we look at these ADP numbers. Now for Tara, she had to step out for just a second. She'll be with us momentarily. That one wide receiver that is too high, according to her and the ADP, is Allen Robinson, which kind of hurts me because... I'm about to say, I know that hurts you. That's your guy. <laughs> I love myself some Allen Robinson. Yeah. And when you look at this right now, and I'm going down, I mean, look, Allen Robinson, I, well, me and Tara will have a little bit. We've been we've been right lockstep here when we talk about the running backs. But this, this may be a problem here because not enough respect is going to Allen Robinson. Yes, he's going as a wide receiver too, but he's going to a very good offense there in Los Angeles there where they can support two wide receivers. It was just a couple of years ago we were talking about Robert Woods and Cooper Cup both being potential wide receiver ones in this offense. Heck, Jared Goff made Robert Woods and Cooper Cup viable options in the passing game. So what do you think Matthew Stafford can do? But hey, Tara's not here right now to defend herself, so I can pile on a little bit until she watches the show on replay, and then I'll probably have to try and justify what I said. <laughs> now, Major, when we look at this list, which wide receiver is the most undervalued? And you're going to have to you gotta put some sauce on this or something because right now I can't even say this name without getting a bad taste in my mouth. Well, Juju Smith-Schuster 
has the potential. I mean, has the has everything you need. He's been a wide receiver one in the league. He's been up there with those guys. Um, just kind of fell off, and I think part of that has to do with the noodle arm quarterback he was playing with at the time, Big Ben. But now that you have the most liveliest of all the arms throwing you the ball, and uh, you could potentially be that wide receiver one in the, in the offense that Tyreek Hill just, you know, abandoned for Miami. Now is a, I mean, how many targets did he have last year? Like at least 90 targets. So you're going to get at least 90 targets out of that wide receiver one position in, in, in Kansas city. So all I'm saying is everyone likes to make fun of him because he does a TikTok thing and he does all this stuff. He is a young guy. That's what, that's what the kids do nowadays. They do TikTok. You know what I mean? So, I'm not mad at him for doing that. He's making a name for himself outside the game, which I think more players should do. And I think you're going to see a huge, um, I guess, comeback, maybe comeback player of the year if he, if he qualifies. I don't know. What do you think about that, so, Matt? Well, now I'm going to fight Tara on the Allen Robinson take. Now I'm going to have to fight you on this Juju Smith-Schuster take because I look at this Kansas City offense, and I'm not even sure Juju Smith-Schuster is a top three wide receiver. Come on, on this dude. team. Come Look, on. Look, you've got Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's at deep. Better than Juju. Time. Yes, he's better on, than Juju. Matt. You got Nicole Hardman there. Better than Juju. You Matt. got Sky Moore. Better than Juju. Matt. There's some bad Juju with Juju Smith-Schuster. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm not even sure he's uh, a top three wide receiver on this Chiefs team right now, let alone undervalued. And maybe this is why. He is undervalued because of guys like me talking the way I do about him, right? Exactly. I mean, that's how we kind of got there. But I still stand by the fact I don't think he's going to be that guy. I don't even know if he's he's penciled in as a slot guy, right? That's what he is. He's a slot kind of guy. And I just – Tyreek Hill, you mentioned him, but Tyreek Hill wasn't just a slot guy. He was outside. I mean, I don't think Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to lose any snaps on the outside. I don't think Nicole Hardman is going to lose any snaps on the outside. So unless they're going to run three wide receivers every single time with Travis Kelsey out there, I just I I'm sorry I I can't get behind Juju Smith Schuster as being undervalued. I think he's probably being overvalued right now, in my opinion. But oh hey, my God. that's the worst take I've ever heard you say ever. Oh stop! And you know I that's, have all kinds of bad takes. That's your worst take ever, dude. But I'm gonna let you have it. That's not even the top ten of my worst takes. <laughs> now for me, undervalued. I don't know why I have to keep banging this drum. Every single time, every single week, every single year. Last year, back in April, I banged the drum for Darnell Mooney. I said, get this guy now. 10th, 12th round value. You're going to get yourself a top-notch wide receiver. What do you end up being? A top-notch wide receiver. I've got written proof. It's in the magazines with the football diehards and this and that. He there is written right. proof. I mean, my love with Darnell Mooney. And that doesn't change this year. When I look at this. Wide receiver 27? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now with this wide receiver 27? Justin Fields can't be worse than he was last year. Let's call it the way it is. He's going to improve. I mean, he can't be any worse. But he was bad Maybe. last year. I'll say it. Maybe. And I'm not a big Justin Fields guy, but I am a big-time Mooney believer here. And he's a guy who I think could be pushing for wide receiver 12 borderline wide receiver one kind of guy look at the targets the target share is going to be there with darnell mooney 
if you look at it, it's like, I can't remember what the exact number is. I'm just going to pull it up here right now. I think it's close to like 23, 24% is what the target share last year was with Allen Robinson there. We talk about it. There's no one else in Chicago. Cole Komet, he's going to get himself a little bit. And then you're going to give maybe a little of the pass game to David uh, Montgomery there. But I'm looking at Darnell Mooney here. He was he was seventh in target share among wide receivers with at least 34 targets. Not 34 receivers, sorry, sorry, 34 targets among any kind of pass catcher, tight ends, running backs. He had a 25.8 target share last year. Almost 26%. And that number was with Allen Robinson. That number is going to go up. That means that wide receiver 27 stuff on the ADP. Woo! Let's trend that thing up. To the moon with Darnell Mooney. Now, <laughs> when we talk about undervalued receivers, and I could talk about this one too. Let's turn our attention to Tara here. She is talking about Russell Gage here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I am all in on Russell Gage. Is another one of those guys I have. Like it's you move up boards. Let's be honest with it. Mike Evans is there. Mike Evans is your perennial 1,000 yard receiver, 10 touchdown kind of guy. Russell Gage was hand picked by Tom Brady to come over there from Atlanta to Tampa Bay. Russell Gage is going to see a lot of those early targets that Chris Godwin would normally get. Godwin is not going to come back. And they get the earliest in October, push that back four or five weeks. You're looking at November before Chris Godwin is ready. So week six, week seven. There's a good solid six weeks that Russell Gage is going to get some targets for you. And that's going to pay off big time towards the back end of the season. So he's a guy I definitely think is being undervalued right now. I think he's getting a little bit more hype as we get closer to draft season. But, hey, not nearly enough. So let's shout it from the rooftop. Russell Gage! Now, who's a player you're trying to avoid, Major? I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Bring that heat. Bring that energy. Let's hear it. Let's go. I'm going Tyreek like Hill just, just, just on the fact that, I mean, he's been inconsistent, like, especially for fantasy guys. Like, I, I'll have uh, – I had him. That's why I'm, <laughs> I had him for a few years, and it was like one week he'll win the, the whole game for you by himself. And the next week, he's nowhere to be found. And plus, I think he's going to eat up a lot of double teams out there in Miami, stretching the field. And I'm big on Waddle. I think Waddle's going to eat on those underneath passes, those quick slants, taking them to the house. Um, so I, I don't, it hurts to say, but you know, Tyreek Hill is one of those those names that you say it and people get excited. It just doesn't do it for me. I've had him on my fantasy squad for about two to three years now, just trading him away. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm off. I'm off of Tyreek. Yeah, Tyreek Hill's going as the wide receiver nine right now. We kind of listed that off at the beginning of the show here. That's too much for me. I can't get behind that either. I mean, you mentioned it, up and down all through Kansas City. Big weeks, huge weeks, 200-plus yard receiving weeks, and then weeks with 30 yards. I right. mean, it's at the end of the season, when it's all said and done, somehow, right. some way, he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. But there's going to be weeks where he's going to give you a number one production. There's going to be weeks he's going to give you a 30 production. Right. I can't have that. I need a little bit more consistency in my life. I love things to be consistent. And another guy that's not going to give me any consistency here in 2022 is Debo Samuel. Don't you shake your head. Don't you boo me. You're all, you're not in on Trey Lance. So why would you be in on Debo Samuel? Because he can run the ball. You got Elijah Mitchell. You got Ty Price Davis there. Davis Price, sorry. There's reason 
San Francisco is putting athletes all over this field. That's what they've got going on. They've got a good team. Athletes everywhere. Ayuk, Kittle, Samuel, uh, Davis Price, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Lance. Athletes, athletes, athletes. Trey Lance is the key to this whole thing. He's the key to Debo Samuel, no matter how you want to look at it. And I don't think Trey Lance is going to be able to get the job done there in San Francisco as far as fantasy is concerned. I think you're going to see a dip in what Debo Samuel was able to do last year simply because passes that Jimmy Garoppolo would have gotten to Debo Samuel. I think Trey Lance is going to pull that ball down and he's going to run, which is going to take points off the table for Debo. So when you look at Debo Samuel right now going here at wide receiver seven, I think that's too high for him and I'm going to avoid that at all costs. Now, Tara's player to avoid is Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. I mean, we haven't seen him in almost two years. There's been no history of a wide receiver coming back from that injury, missing two seasons, and being productive. In the history of the NFL, I cannot think of a single player that's been able to miss two seasons, come back, and be productive, and come back to that status in which they were before they left. Right? Michael Thomas, let's be honest, before he was injured, he was putting up top five wide receiver numbers. He's not going to reach that. I don't even think he reached top 20 if he's back. We've got Chris Oluve there. We've got Jarvis Landry, who I think is going to be a good addition to the Saints offense. And what does Winston do best? He's been turned into a game manager of sorts. And that's what he was when he was there. Look at the production that he was put on. It wasn't big yardage. It was no one to throw it to, so he became a game manager, you know? Well, that's what it was. I mean, it is what it is, but we know he wants to take that deep shot. If he gets that opportunity to let loose, he's going to take the deep shot. And guess what? They've got the guy already there, Chris Luve, right? They're going to get him the ball. That's where the Chris deep shots are. You I'm going to call him Luve. You call him what you ever want. I'm, I'm calling him second baseman for the Houston Astros for all I care. I mean, Marquez Callaway, he's still there as well. I mean, you want a deep shot? Winston had that chemistry with him. So we haven't seen Winston with Thomas yet. So I can see why he's a player I would avoid at least temper expectations on. Now, when we look at players, as far as the wide receiver position is concerned, that could sneak in the top 12 currently outside of the top 30 major. Who do you got right now? Uh, she's going to do this one for me and Tara, like surprise, surprise. She's actually put Christian Kurt and I did too. Um, and that's weird, but knowing her, she probably did it for all kinds of other reasons. I'm going to act like I'm her right now. Uh, because the stats and the numbers and the last year, the numbers, blah, 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 blah. That's what Tara does. I'm going to give you what I see in, in, like, in football, you know? Well, so, Major, before we go any further here, I just finished taking a workplace harassment and respect uh, course, and uh, that sounds like targeted bullying to me. It is. Absolutely. That's exactly <laughs> what it is because Tara is the bully and she I just my time to get her back cuz she's not here to give me that eye and I'll be like uh get scared. You, so I'm going to You know right now man. you're like that you're like that husband right now is like you see those TikTok videos like I'm not afraid of my wife and he goes like she like, looks at you like As <laughs> <laughs> soon as that side eye comes you're gone. Yeah, if Tara pops on screen right now, I'm going to be afraid, but she's not here so I'm going to talk all the shit I want. Um so yeah, like I said, she's going to be like all the numbers and all the stuff that happened the years ago, whatever. I was going to give you the this football acumen. Like he had two of the best wide receiver mentors that you can have ever in a career. I think he no one's ever had that three. Who's the third one? Larry Fitzgerald was there with Christian Kirk, man. Oh, I, 
but Christian, he wasn't like a he was a baby, but I'll give you that. I'll give you thank you for that. Hey, I'll take all three babies of babies are more impressionable than anybody else. Careful little eyes, what you see, careful little ears, what you hear. Because he has Christian a Kirk should if right Christian now. Kirk has half a mind, he would have been learning a thing or two from Larry Fitzgerald. And I think he did because if you check out his numbers when Nuke went down last year, his numbers were pretty good. And I think that's what got him that contract. And you're playing with the golden boy. Again, I keep saying people are off on Trevor Lawrence after one season with a bad coach. It makes no sense that no one's talking about this guy as like a bounce back player or breakout player or whatever you want to call him. I think Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. He's the most athletic quarterback we've had since John Elway or maybe even um, God, what's the guy from Indiana back in uh, like a few years ago, just retired. Uh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. You talk, you talk about these type of quarterbacks, they always end up performing. Like John Elway didn't come out the pot, like out the box and bought his first year. It took a year or two to get acclimated to the game. And when you put that quarter, that stupid coach, why is he even a why is he a coach? But it was that was the worst coaching I've ever seen in the NFL, pretty much ever. And there's been some bad coaches. Um so I think Trevor's going to be back on track with a with a with a coach that made Carson Wentz look like an MVP type quarterback. So I I, I think and Christian Kirk is going to be that number one receiver, um, and he has another veteran receiver to kind of lean on in, in Jones. So he everything works out. And he seems like a very astute player, very smart Notre Dame kid, like. He's taking advantage of all that knowledge has been passed down by all these great and veteran receivers. So I think it's going to be if he can have a breakout, I think he may have had that a little bit already, but I think he's going to break out as our wide receiver one this year. I'm not going to go back too much into mine here. You got Christian Kirk. He's going off the board, but wide receiver third, uh, 40 right now. As uh, the ADP is concerned. So I think there's some value to be had there. I've got Russell Gage currently as a wide receiver 38. I talked about him a little bit earlier. Then we were talking about Terrace players there that she thinks that are undervalued. So for me, I agree. I love myself some Russell Gage. He's one of those guys I think could sneak easily inside the top 30, especially with Chris Godwin missing time. And who knows? Maybe the Bucs say, hey, we're, we're doing a good, we're in a good position. We can afford Chris Godwin to miss a couple more weeks to get him back to 100% before playoff time. So I think Chris Godwin has some really good value here. Um, which wide receiver do you think takes the biggest leap from last year? I'm going to go with Gabe Davis. Like he ended the season season off looking like the best receiver in the league. Like he was a little chase out there running around and, and catching all the touchdowns and looking just like what we thought he would be. I've been on him for a while, kind of fell off a little bit just because I didn't see the production. But now that he is a true wide receiver two on that team, I think he's going to, uh, you're going to see him thrive. Um, who's the other receiver right now? Uh, Stefan Diggs. Thank you, God, Lee. I can't. I can't remember any names today. But yeah, but Diggs is going to have those double teams. Gabe Davis is going to be running those underneath routes, running you know those those corners, those post corners that he likes, and he's going to eat. And I think that you know that's that's just a recipe for greatness. When you have when you can be one on one and you're a bully, he he is that. He's a bully. Well, Gabe Davis is going to need to give himself some playoff action type in the regular season. I mean, he went right. off in the playoffs, five touchdowns in those two games there, four against the Chiefs alone in that matchup. I mean, he basically almost equaled his yardage. I think he had like 300 yards receiving. 
in the playoffs compared to like 500 in the regular season. So, I mean, he's going to need to take whatever he was doing there in the playoffs has to translate in the regular season. And Sanders is gone now too. So I think that's going to help a lot. Cool Beasley, Sanders. Exactly. I think Isaiah McKenzie is going to take a little bit more of a step up. I think he's sneaky this year. Jameson Crowder is still there. I mean, there's still some weapons there for this Bills offense. Not to mention true number two now, right? You can't agree with that. I, I would agree with that. I think he's the number two option there. James Cook could take away some pass catching ability there too out of that Bills backfield. Now, Vertera, Michael Pittman. I mean, you're going to take another leap when Carson Wentz is in your quarterback. Now, I get it. Carson Wentz had like a 27 to 7 touchdown to interception ratio. Carson Wentz did a lot of good things there with the efficiency because of what Jonathan Taylor is going to do. But now you got Matty Ice coming there to town in Indianapolis. Matt Ryan is going to turn Michael Pittman into his own. Julio Jones of the Midwest, right? That's that's what's going to go. I'll say it right now. Pittman is that talented. Come on. You, you are up, a stunning guy. You. You're an I love SD guy. So I can see a huge step for Michael Pittman this season because of, A, the upgrade at the quarterback position, plus he's maturing. He's learning to be that true number one on a team. And I think he's got all the tools in place to do that. Now you give him a competent quarterback and no knock on Carson Wentz, but you took shots at him last few shows, whether it's the quarterback show, whether it's the running back show, whether whatever show it was, we were taking shots at Carson Wentz. There's a reason why he was one done in Indianapolis and 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions wasn't that reason. Now for me, Hey, I look at these guys right now, and I'm going to go back to the well here because I'm going to go with my guy, Allen Robinson. Don't go breaking my heart. Allen Robinson couldn't if he tried. I mean, he had every opportunity last year to crush me. I cried into my pillow many nights over Allen Robinson because I believe in him. I think he's good. I'll tell you what, one thing right now. Injuries in California don't hurt nearly as much as they do in Chicago in December. Right, those little True. nagging injuries are a lot worse when it's cold. Right, right. you got Hollywood, right. you got the sun major. You're looking good. You're a California guy. I mean, very little bugs you now. Now come up to my neck of the woods here, and you're going to be hurting. You're going to be hunched over a little bit. You're going to start to show your age right now. You're mm-hmm. just going to start looking like me. You look a lot older <laughs> than you actually are. So for me, Alan Robinson is the guy I think takes the biggest leap from last year to this year. I think he's back into a thousand yards receiving in this Rams offense. So book me down for. Eight touchdowns and 1,100 yards for Allen Robinson. I think that's definitely what he could do. Now, when we look at a breakout candidate, now, I went deep on mine, so I'll save mine for last, but a breakout candidate for you. I'm going with Judy because I think he's been – I don't think he's really done anything in the league as of yet, and he's been – he's like a little volcano. He's bubbling under the surface, but I think with the addition of – um with Russ, I think he's going to. I think he's going to be that number one target. I do like. I like Sutton, but and I, I'm and Tim, I'm a Tim Patrick truther. That's like my guy. I have him in every single league. I felt like I found him as well. I I picked him up a couple years ago when no one's even talking about him. Um, and I have him across like five or six different leagues. So that's that's my guy. But Judy has a talent, and I think he just needed the opportunity. And I think he's going to get that with uh, with Russell out there and if he doesn't do it now, I don't know when, when he will. So this is his breakout chance right now. And for Tara, she's got Darnell Mooney as a breakout candidate. I mean, he kind of broke out a little bit last year, but again, not the respect, not the accolades that he deserves right now. So I think there's a big step coming for him here this year. We talked about 26% target share. 
If you're getting over 20% of your team's targets, there's a good chance you're going to do some good things. Brandon Cooks, Marquise Hollywood-Brown. These are guys that are getting over that target share, along with Darnell Mooney, that we're not talking about the way we should. As far as the Chases, the Jeffersons, the Cups, we're not talking about them in the same breath. They're not quite putting up that type of production, but they're putting up wide receiver one type of production from week to week. Now, can, I, get that- can, like, can I boo Tara for picking a breakout player who already broken out? <laughs> you could. But now I'm going gonna, gonna to give you a deep I just mentioned Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Like 149 targets there last season, right? That's pretty good. I, I expect him to do very similar things there in Baltimore. I know another dark horse running back that we're looking or wide receiver that we're looking at is Rashad Bateman. But who is that number two in Baltimore? How about Devin Duvernay? Those targets have to go somewhere. Mark Andrews, he had 150 targets. He can't get any more targets. You cannot target him any more than he was already getting. Rashad Bateman is going to get a lot of those targets. I mean, he is going to command the attention, this and that. Sure, Dobbins is going to factor in the passing game somewhat. I like James Perche a little bit. Perche there, he's an option too, but you know what? Devin Duvernay is that guy. He already beat out everyone last year. He was at number two when Hollywood went down. He was at number two basically when Bateman wasn't there last season and Hollywood was going off. So for me, Devin Duvernay is a guy. He's not even in the top 50, top 60, I think, as far as wide receivers and ADP is concerned. He's a guy you're getting very late. End of your drafts. If you're in redraft, even a 22-team league or 22 uh, slots, drafts, rounds, whatever you want to call it, Devin Duvernay is a guy to target in round 20, 21, 22, and I think he's still going to be there. And, I mean, this is a guy I think can give you good production. Now, we all have those players that we can't quit, and I kind of alluded to Marquise Hollywood-Brown here because he has been a lightning rod of topic conversation on this show many a times. Everyone knows that I'm a pro Bateman guy. I was anti Marquise Brown for the most part last season. Well, a player that Terry cannot quit is Marquise Hollywood Brown. He had the targets last year. He also had the drops. His catch rate was not great. There's numbers and stats, and I think we could talk about what that catch rate was. It wasn't very good. When he gets the ball, when he's playing the game, when he's not battling injuries, he is one of the top wide receivers there is out there. However, he always seems to have some kind of ailment. Not to keep him out of the game, he plays, but he's not playing 100% of what Marquise Hollywood-Brown can play. And that's the shame of it all because he has the talent. He right. has top 12 wide receiver capabilities. There's no question about that. But your best ability is your availability. He's not always available. When he is available, he's nicked up. Now he's going over to Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the first six weeks of the season because of the PED suspension. Hollywood Brown is going to be productive solidly for six weeks. Zach Ertz is still there. He's still going to get a little bit there. Rondell Moore, we're hearing good things out of camp. He's going to get some production there. But it is going to be Marquise Hollywood Brown as that number one target. Give Kyler Murray his college target back, his number one target back in college. Yes, even more so than C.D. Lamb. Book it. Marquise Hollywood Brown. And he's season. from College of the Canyon, so like we just ball out. So go ahead, Hollywood. Let's go. Well, give me a player that you cannot quit right now. Who's that going to be? And I and I and I feel bad about this one because I <laughs> I totally quit on him. I don't know if you recall the show, but I said I was off of Paris Campbell. But then today, I got a notification on Sleeper saying that he looks really good and he's taking all the reps with the first team. And just like that. I'm back in. Let's go, Paris. 
Paris Campbell is the man. I thought he was the best receiver out of that Ohio State class that had um that had a, a, a scary Terry and and a few other guys that was all really good. I love Paris Campbell and and in the preseason he's like the man. If you watch any like practice tape or any any camp tape, you're going to see some amazing one-hand catches. He reminded me of like Odell Beckham. Hopefully these injuries that he's had the last two seasons doesn't really take away from his athleticism, but uh, he has every tool and the receivers, everyone. Yeah. I know people fell in love with Michael Pittman, but to me, it feels like he's more of a, possess a possession receiver. I, I like, I like Paris to be that, that deep threat, that uh, go-to guy, the excitement, the, the lightning rod for that offense. So hopefully he can. And, and honestly, I hate seeing players who just can't stay healthy. That's like one of my biggest like pet peeves. He, because it's just like I, I root for those guys so hard because it's just like I've been there. I've been injured and I and I'm like, man, I can't do what I want to do. But the talent is there. He's gonna get he's gonna he's gonna be good. So I'm back on Paris and I'm sorry that I dumped you, dude. So salute to you, my friend. You're going to ball out this season. You know what? I can totally relate to Paris Campbell. I'm one of the most talented podcasters out there, sure. but I do battle oh, the injury. Sure. I mean, I sneeze and my back gets thrown out. That's where I'm at in my life right now. So like this back, it's sneeze, boom, I'm out. Three three to six weeks, easily right there. <laughs> but you talk about him being the deep there, but there's Alec Pierce, man. Alec Pierce. True. Damn, the dude good. is the definition of a freak. When but he's a possession receiver. Yeah, possession. He can possess that ball 40, 50 yards downfield. I mean, the dude runs a sick 40. I mean, that's my guy, too. He's my guy, too, though. So, yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, I cannot get behind Paris Campbell until I actually see him on the field. Right now, he's like a unicorn. And I, I don't mean like a Kyle Pitts unicorn. I mean, right. something you can you don't actually see, right? But when, but when, he, when, he, when he goes, it's going to be, I'm going to be like so happy. Like, if him and Ramondre just both like, break out the same season i think i'm gonna be like the greatest podcaster ever pierce campbell's like the sasquatch like the like the nessie the loch ness monster i mean we've heard <laughs> stories right of this magnificent player I we've you. never seen it ourselves right now <laughs> for me we, we know a player i can't quit i don't need to give this guy any more introduction he's come up on the show multiple times on this episode alone Allen Robinson. I mean, we won't go into detail. I've already talked in length about him, but man, I can't quit him. Can't do it. Hey, you know what though? I will say this. My love for Allen Robinson and my ability not to quit him has kind of surpassed my ability to, to not quit Josh Gordon. By the way, Josh Gordon is still on like all my dynasty rosters just as a tribute. He's still there. He's still on all my benches. So I, I haven't quit Josh Gordon. He's ultimately, he's my ultimate player. I can't quit, but Robinson's now kind of replaced him a little bit. He's still there, but Robinson's got the torch now. Uh, when we talk about which teams in the NFL have the best receiver room, what do you got for us, Major? Okay, I don't know if it's like actually the best, but I'm going to go with the fastest. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. I'm going to go with Cedric Wilson. I'm going to give you a little Lynn Bowden. I'm going to give you a little – I'm going to go with another one of my guys that's been kind of injured, but I think he's like – he's one of these guys that just can't quit either, and that's Preston Williams. Um, and then he also got this this kid, uh, this young kid, Eric Zingamama, whatever his name is. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna do what Matt says and just say it real fast. Eric Izamaka, and then like we just gonna call it a day. 
Just let it go. As soon as you let it go, just say it with confidence. Say it like you believe it. And say it go. like it's the truth. Yeah. And people will just nod their head. They'll go with it. They'll kind of get, like they'll stink out here. But you've already moved on to the next sentence, right? As yeah. soon as you say it, you move on to the next sentence so no one can go back and correct you. Learn I mean, something new is, every day. Miami, hey, they got that Miami Vice thing going on there, that need for speed there down in Miami. They can do all kinds of things in this offense. It's going to be exciting to see. Now, again, Terran I lockstep when it comes to the best wide receiver room in the league. I'm sure you would have gone that, but you wanted to be a little bit different. I mean, we could talk about the New York football Jets. We could talk about Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis. That's a pretty good trio. We could talk about uh, a team in Denver, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, which I kind of thought you had originally gone with. Yeah. Then you switch to the speed. We could also talk about some of these other teams here in the National Football League that have very good wide receiver rooms. And then we're not talking about throwing the tight end because that changes the whole dynamic of everything as well. And the other one I was thinking was the Bucks. I mean, when the Bucks are 100% healthy, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Russell Gage, another fantastic trio. Unfortunately, that's not the case off the start of the season. What is the case is Jamar Chase, is T. Higgins. I mean, you got two top 10 ADP wide receivers there. And then you got Tyler Boyd. This team has three top 30 wide receivers ready to go right now. Tyler Boyd is going to give you productive weeks. We know there are weeks in Cincinnati where Jamar Chase is not the focal point of this offense because he's the focal point of the defense, right? We've seen Jamar Chase have some down games, and those are typically the games in which T. Higgins absolutely dominated, and that's why he was so high in the rankings. So Tyler Boyd, he's also one of those guys who's going to get some production from time to time. So that's why this is the best trio of wide receivers currently right now in the NFL. Now, when we it's talk about, a, let me give you one sleeper one that's kind of. I want to hear your thoughts on this. What about the Commandos? They got a uh, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Like that's some. They have some pretty good receivers right there, and they so, have a uh, what's the name? Dinami Brown. Like they got some receivers out there. Yeah, they got they got some field stretches there. Diami Brown there, uh, North Carolina product there, had some good seasons there. Uh, did not materialize last year. I thought he had a good chance. So we've seen this Commanders team previously. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, we all watched this show. It was called the Smurfs. I mean, we got Johan Dotson. We've got Terry McLaren. You can say that about got, Miami too, though. You can say that about Miami. we've got Curtis Samuel. Not one of these wide receivers, not one, is over six feet. You have to go all the way to... Antonio Golden Gandy, before you find a wide receiver on this Washington roster, over six He's a feet. tight end now. He's a tight end now. Yeah. Well, luckily for them, they've also got Logan Thomas, who's probably going to miss the first six weeks. He won't be ready. Another big tight end. They got Bates, another big tight end. And they've got this kid out of Nevada, Cole Turner, another big tight end, 6'6", 240 kind of range. Watch him, by the way. We didn't talk about him on the tight end show, but Cole Turner, he could be sneaky. Maybe not this year, but next year for sure. But, yeah. So that, that's my thoughts on the Washington uh, wide receiver trio. Now, when we look at players, we are drafting no matter what. Tara, she's covered a little bit of homerism here with Alan Lazard. I mean, it, it doesn't really surprise us. I get it. I mean, we talk about vacated targets. Devontae Adams is no longer there in Green Bay. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is no longer there in Green Bay. We do know, though, that when Devontae Adams missed seven games there over his career there with the Packers, it was – a huge uptick in production for Aaron Jones, right? We know that targets, yardage, all that stuff trends upwards for Aaron Jones. So who's going to be the other benefactor to all this? Could Alan Lazard be that? Is it going to be Amari Rogers? I don't know how this offense is going to shape out. Sammy Watkins. Never Sammy is always my oh, answer. Just put every question out there. But I mean, this 
wide receiver room. It's, it's, dare I say, it's probably one of the worst in the league. Definitely bottom 10. I'm definitely going to say Green Bay has the bottom 10 wide receiver. And Chris, say what you want about Christian Watts. I don't think he's the best rookie on this team because Romeo Dubes is an absolute freak show. I love this kid out of Nevada again. I I think he could be better than Christian Watson. If Christian Watson struggles, I mean, don't be surprised if Dubes comes above him or whatever his name is there, Dubes. Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, Romeo? He's in the end zone before Christian Watson. That's where he is. Now, for you, yeah. who who's that wide receiver? And again, this kind of goes back and forth with us a little bit because <clears throat> I'm not as high on him as you are, obviously, but who is that player you're drafting no matter what? And kind of tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm just going to go Debo, and mostly because Shanahan find a way to scheme things up. He said he doesn't want to run a ball as much anymore. So they're going to shovel past the heck out of this guy. And a shovel pass counts as a reception. And he's going to take that thing at least 10 to 15 yards every single time. And I think he, he, he once a player gets a taste of being like the man, you want that back, even though he's being, you know, a little. And I think a lot of that stuff about not playing running back and all that stuff, it was for he wanted more money. And he was trying to, like, get that going and, like, hey, I'm playing running back and receiver pay me ass so um but he's a I, I, he's a freak of nature he is a bully i love bully receivers he can take a five yard slant to the house and that's what's going to happen because i don't know if they're going to trust uh trey lance to throw the ball you know 20 yards down the field so there's gonna be a lot of short routes a lot of underneath routes a lot of shovel passes a lot of trickery so i think he's going to be a benefactor of a lot of those plays and again, once once you uh, get that taste of being a man and just seeing him remember at the championship when everyone went to the locker room, he's sitting on the bench crying, confetti coming down on him. He's going to come back a monster, that type of stuff. That's like the Michael Jordan. That's like the Kobe Bryant type of thing where you don't leave the field. You stay out there so you can feel that feeling so you can get back to it. And I think he's going to do whatever he can and has to do to get there. So I'm, I'm big, 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 big on Debo. Well, guys that I'm looking at here right now, when I'm looking at this in particular for players that I absolutely have to come out of this draft no matter what, I'm looking at that target share because that's important for me, especially if I'm taking wide receivers in the 7th, 8th, ninth round, that type of range. These are guys I would love to get on my team. Now, some of them are a little bit, they're going to go before this and whatnot, but just going to give you the guys who all had at least a 20% target share from last season. Uh, let me just pull. Yeah, we got here. Starting off, twenty point one percent. Amonra St. Brown. That number is probably going to change because we got some pieces coming in. Jameson Williams is going to get a little bit of that attention. Hunter Renfro, he may not get that same target share because Devontae Adams, or it could be more. He could fill that Julian Edelman type role that mm-hmm. was New England. That's the same offense that's coming. Oh, you're right. I, I'll give it to you. Target share, maybe yeah. not the big touchdowns, but I think Hunter Renfro could still be a good option. Devontae Smith, twenty point four. Uh, Tyler Lockett, he's still at 21.1%. Jalen Waddle, he had 21.6%. Jamar Chase, 23.1%. That was kind of what his target share was last year. Kind of low when you think about it. Now, Keenan Allen, 23.3%. Debo Samuel, he came in at 235 do the whole league? No, I'm just going over the top 20, 20 guys in the 20% range. Now, here's where it gets interesting. These are guys I really like because they're value. Jacoby Myers. 23.6% target share last season. Devontae Parker ain't it, right? Devontae Parker, he's not the answer. He's not. I'm not worried about Devontae Parker. 
Terry McLaren, you talked about those commander receivers. 23.6% target share. Is Johan Dotson going to cut into that? Is Curtis Samuel going to cut into that? I don't know. Tyreek Hill, 23.6. That's with Ty Travis Kelsey. So Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, that can work, right? We know that can work. Uh, Marquise Brown, 23.7 there in Baltimore. But here's my guy right now. Brandon Cooks, 134 targets last year, right? Averaged 8.4 yards per target. The catch rate at 67.2%. 24.5% target share. John Michi's coming. He's still working himself back from the ACL. He's Brandon ahead Cooks, of schedule. He's, he's ahead, ahead of schedule. Yeah. But Brandon Cooks is a guy I am not leaving a draft without. He's a guy I'm grabbing because I'm getting him in the seventh, in the eighth round. I mean, that's where he's going. Seventh round, if you're getting a wide receiver one, a guy who could flirt with top 12 production, then we know the targets are going to be there. That's why I'm going to get low for him. Now, the other guys who are just above him in target share, Pittman, Diggs, Mark Andrews, Deontay Johnson, Darnell Mooney, I mentioned that to almost 26%. DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, Devonta Adams, Cooper Cup. Those are the only receivers ahead of Brandon Cooks when it comes to target share. So give me all the Brandon Cooks. I That's think you're I sleeping. You're you're sleeping on Nico Collins and, and John Mitchell. I think they're both. Are I like to, Nico Collins. I do. Yeah. I think he. I think he's going to be a good number two option. I think he's going to be a red zone guy. But I'm talking about targets. Give me that target share because I know that that consistency is going to be there, right? I know those targets are going to be there. And I know Brandon Cooks can do stuff with those targets. So for me, that's what I'm banking on. And that's why that's the guy I'm drafting no matter what. Now, when we talk about these dark horse wide receiver one, I'm not talking about top 12 wide receiver ones here. I'm talking about who is going to be the number one overall wide receiver. Who has that potential? We know Cooper Cup. We know Justin Jefferson. We know Jamar Chase. They're all vying for that crown. I mean, and I can't fault anyone for putting one above the other. But we want to go a little bit deeper here. So Tara... She hit us with C.D. Lamb as her dark horse wide receiver one here heading into the 2022 season. And I when like you look that. at his, he had 120 targets last year. No more Amari Cooper, right? Cedric Wilson, you mentioned him heading to Miami. So that could go up. He had 7.5 yards per target last year. He had 18.5% target share there in Dallas with Cup, or sorry, with, with Cooper, sorry, uh, with Cedric Wilson. That catch rate, though, 65.8% there. Touchdowns, six touchdowns, 79 receptions. Those numbers are going to have to go up if he's going to have a shot at it. I mean, I love C.D. Lamb. I had him as a top five wide receiver last year, and I was wrong. But, hey, I still think he can ascend to that here in 2022. Who do you got? I have uh, Bateman. I mean, they have to throw the ball eventually, right? They can't run the ball every play. And, I mean, you mentioned DuVernay. I mentioned uh, Porsche. I like both of those receivers a lot. I'm I'm really high on both of those guys, but hopefully one of them can break out. But I think you're going to need another year, maybe for for both of those guys. And Bateman is he's going to get most of the target share. You're speaking about how important target share really is, and I think this is probably going to be one of the top three receivers with you know getting that target share, just because he's the only receiver on the team. So I'm I'm going I'm going with uh, Bateman on that one. And for me, I'm going with someone who's been consistent throughout his whole career. 10 touchdowns, 1,000 yards, guaranteed. The only receiver ever to start his career with eight consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, Mike Evans, who is also somehow, despite all of this, disrespected not <laughs> only in the NFL but in the fantasy community. 
True. How do you disrespect a wide receiver who's put up 1,000 yards in eight consecutive Every year. seasons? <laughs> Randy Moss did not do it. Jerry right. Rice did not do it. Calvin right. Johnson did not do it. You know who did? Mike Evans. So let's put some respect on his name. No Chris Godwin there this year. No Rob Gronkowski. It's going to be Cameron Braden, Kate Otten there at the tight end position. No Antonio Brown. Yes, we know Mike Evans did not have a high target share last year, but there's a lot of targets missing from that lineup. Yes, Russell Gage is going to get some of that. Rashad White's going to get some of that too out of Arizona State. Lenny Fournette, maybe he puts down the cheeseburger. He might catch a ball once in a while there in uh, Tampa me. Bay. But hey, listen. Mike Evans has that potential to be the number one overall wide receiver because we know he's going to be Tom Brady's target in the end zone. That's not going to change. Rob Gronkowski gone actually increases that opportunity. I would not be surprised if we're looking at a 15, 16 touchdown season out of Mike Evans. Hmm. I mean, that may be a little high, but I think it's possible. And we know he's going to get Yeah. And we know he's going to give us a thousand yards. We have no reason not to believe it. He's right. been it every single year. So if there's no injuries to Mike Evans and Brady is still playing Brady like he doesn't fall off the cliff, Mike Evans could be the number one overall wide receiver ahead of Justin Jefferson, ahead of Chase, ahead of Cooper Cup. And before anyone kind of blasts me about, oh, Mike Evans can't be the number one. No one said that about Cooper Cup last year. And if you did, you are lying because no <laughs> one saw Cooper Cup as the number one overall receiver. No one saw Cooper Cup going that historical wide receiver run that he put on last year. No one would have predicted that. No one predicted it. And if they say they did, they are lying. So for me, I'm saying Mike Evans has that ability to be the number one receiver. Put him down for 11, 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. I think that puts him right in the conversation. Um, I'm with you on that. That makes sense. See, Major, that is how you testify for your player. That's how you go to war for your guys. Get, get that now energy they're... going here. It's late. I get it. It's like, it's like a late, 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 late show here. Gave him a compliment. He didn't even know how to act. He just. <laughs> no, I don't. You know, I can't do that. You know, I, I'll grab my flag. I'll plant it. And you say something nice. I'll pick it up. And I'll start waving it. That's how I roll. Break it and let you do it. You know what? You know the best thing about breaking over your knee? You got two of them then. Right? That's, that's kind of what we do. That is so. Now, that is so. That, all being said. Hey, if you want you want some good images there, head over to my Twitter account. They're at MattDonnellyFF. I got the Bo Jackson pose going down. You want to check that out. Don't you check also it want out. To check out, you're going to want to check out FantasyPoints.com right now. A lot of great content coming there. And you can get that subscription to that site at 10% off by using promo code VIPERS22. And hey, tune to the Vipers Network. Hit the th thumbs up button. Get those notifications turned on because we got so much content coming at you here in the next few weeks. We've got our training camp previews. We've got our fantasy five assets where we break down the top five assets for every team in the National Football League. Yes, right here on the Vipers Network in video form. And of course, the home of the Viper cast and the Behind the Grind series. So get ready. We got you covered. When news happens, when everything goes down, we got you here. So don't you worry about that. We will see you next week. Take care.